What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. When I heard of the Black Panther movie, I definitely didn't think it was about a superhero. I thought it was about the Black Panther movement. At the theater, when the movie first came on, at first I thought maybe I was at the wrong show, because again, I had no idea. So I wouldn't say there was disappointment at first, but I was surprised. And after watching it, I was just even more thrilled of what it actually was about, about the superhero. I would definitely recommend others to see this movie. It's not too often that we get to see us portrayed as superheroes, so that was a beautiful thing. And it also shows other cultural cultures of the power that we have as well. Definitely something good for the, the young black youth to see. I definitely, definitely believe that this movie has cultural significance, especially to young black children. Too often we're not portrayed with a good image, so this movie showed that, and it, and it was a good thing. I don't like, I don't too often get into watching superhero movies, it's just not something that I'm into but I watched Black Panther I saw it three times I would even watch it again Wakanda forever <laughs> welcome to Wakanda Wakanda forever. I know um, that's a horrible accent. And yeah, I should probably never try that again. Welcome back to After the Snap. Thanks for coming back and joining me for another Tuesday episode. But this is a special Tuesday episode because we'll be doing a movie review, which we normally uh, do our MCU watch parties on Fridays. But I'm trying to get through this shit. I'm trying to push through. So we are doing Black Panther today especially after we just did uh, Captain Marvel this past Friday. We did a non-spoiler event for Captain Marvel on International Women's Day. And we also covered a, a Wonder Woman that day as well. But anyway, if you are new here and this is your first time visiting, welcome to the show. And I guess I can say welcome to the party. Again, this is the MCU watch party leading up to Avengers Endgame. We have a very few movies left and today's installment is black panther black panther one of the most culturally significant movies of my old lifetime because <laughs> um, let's just go back to june of 1992 when i was a 19 year old i think yeah 19 year old just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and naive about the world, just moving around, thinking that I had all the time in the world to do all the things that I dreamed when really the clock was ticking on my ass. But that year, 
That year, Wesley Snipes began talking about making a Black Panther movie. We know that these talks went on and on and on. And then Wesley Snipes went to prison for the whole tax thing uh, from 2010 to 2013. And he was no longer involved, but did support the film. But anyway, conversations continued. And by the time some a, a decision was made and we finally saw some traction and some movement on this uh, project, it had been well over 20 years. I'm grown now, <laughs> you know, I'm no longer that 19 year old naive little girl. And this movie has been pretty much talked about for half of my life. So it's culturally significant to me because uh, when they began to make the superhero movies, when this thing took off, this thing that this genre that we love, in fact, we can just say we can limit it to the MCU when it took off. We saw Tony Stark brought to life. We saw Thor Odinson brought to life. We saw Steve Rogers brought to life. Bruce Banner brought to life. And it goes on and on. There were so many of them brought to life. And nobody that quite looked like us. And the reasoning behind it. Because now I'm old enough to care. We also have the internet. That helps. (laughs) But I'm old enough to care that they felt as if a superhero movie with a black lead would not. I think the biggest, biggest issue was selling the toys. They wanted to, of course, make a buku amount of money for this, for the movie, but they also wanted to be able to market other things. And, you know, I thought it was rather insulting. The first time I heard that a black character could not carry a franchise like that, including the, the marketing of the toys and uh, T-shirts and other things, especially when we consider the fact that the spending power of African Americans is ridiculous. I didn't even look. I didn't even look those numbers up. When you have time, you can look them up and see. Black people spend money, even sometimes money that we ain't got. But I'm not here to talk about black people in that vein. <laughs> I am saying that. It was rather insulting and I'm not the only person who felt that way because when they finally said, okay, inclusivity is the thing now, diversity is what the world is embracing. So let's trot out Black Panther. But there were still those whisperings of what Black Panther was not going to be able to do, what the expectations and the expectations were, were not super high. They weren't low expectations after, after the audience response to Seeing the Black Panther character in Civil War, I'm sure they they realize we've got a popular character here. We've got a character that we can market. And if we do things the right way, we can make a ton of money. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's the preface. That's where we are first. The insults that, that I felt and probably a lot of other comic book fans and just black people in general that you could not market a black superhero because black people were not going to support whatever the movie the toys the the clothing and all of the stuff that goes all the trimmings that go with it so i'll stop right there and i'm gonna go back to black panther it's 134 minutes long 
it was released uh, February 16th, 2018. And that was just a little bit of brilliant marketing once again for Marvel. They released this movie in Black History Month. And that might have been, that was a genius move. Genius move. Sort of like releasing Captain Marvel on International Women's Day. Genius move. That's why they get paid the big bucks. I would, I'm, I would have thought of it. Definitely would have thought of it. I probably would have did something crazy like had it on Juneteenth though. And if you don't know what Juneteenth is, look it up. <laughs> but I probably would have done it on Juneteenth. But that was just a piece of genius marketing, like I said. It was directed by the Ryan Coogler. The budget for this film was $200 million. That's a lot of money. The box office returned $1.347 billion. $700 million in the U.S. and Canada alone. Uh, Black Panther was nominated for, I think it was six or seven uh, Oscars. I think it was one of those Oscars was like uh, the one of those nominations was like popular, the best popular movie, which was some bullshit. Uh, they were just looking for a reason to have that category so they they would be forced to give Black Panther a, an Oscar and they can wipe their hands of it. Don't pander. But that's what the that's what the Academy was doing when they said we're going to have this best popular film category they were pandering to this audience and i guess we weren't supposed to realize it yeah we would have won for for black panther best popular film but then we would not have been mentioned in best picture they probably they were looking for a reason to just give black panther an an oscar it might as well have been honorary they didn't want this movie to have to to stack up against other movies they they wanted to give black panther and an oscar and that's not fair not fair at all but anyway moving right along wesley snipes when he was talking about making this black panther movie he really wanted to, the uh, continent of africa to be depicted in all its splendor so marvel began considering directors for the film they considered john singleton f gary gray Ava DuVernay, who was also consider considered for uh, Captain Marvel, and the Ryan Coogler, <laughs> after much negotiating and the success of Creed, Coogler was tapped to helm the project. And from there, the cast was put in place with primarily black actors and actresses, a first for Marvel. Now, I already was an MCU fan, but when I saw the level of care they went to for this character i became far more enamored with the brand now at first it's easy to think um it's about damn time <laughs> but when i saw the pieces marvel and coogler were putting together the cast their production team the composers just better late than never is where that's where i ended up it's just better late than never so even prospective cast members were respectful of this process. Uh, biracial and light-skinned actress Amanda Stenberg was considered for a role, but she declined because she thought a dark-skinned actress uh, should have been cast. I was totally, totally taken by the Dora Milaje. When you're talking about King's Guard being composed of com of just women, black women, strong women it was just amazing to me it was amazing to me to see 
that brought to life. So not only, you know, it was just like a big black movie. It was a big black movie where everybody worked together, where the women were revered and strong, you know, and where the king was, he was a king. So he was royal and he was close to his subjects. The movie just, just oh, it just did so much for the way a black and a black male and female relationship is viewed. And I'm not talking about a relationship like a, a sexual or love relationship. I'm talking just a regular relationship. The relationship between black men and black women is or can be, I won't say it is, can be uh, depicted in a very negative way. Like, uh, what is his name? Gosh, and he's very popular. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is very popular in the black community. He makes uh, movies about situations concerning black people. And one of the complaints, the biggest complaints that I have about him is that uh, when he demonizes a black character, he really makes that character a demon. You just, there's no, you know, first of all, I hate to have plot lines and this is the bad guy just shoved down my throat. Let me figure it out. Give me some nuances, but they telegraph everything. That's a whole different argument or gripe. When you see, and this is not a white director. This is a black director and writer. And when he depicts a character that is supposed to be the quote unquote antagonist of the movie, he makes them super evil. And while we understand it, it's, it's entertainment. There are some people who never meet a black person who may see these movies. First of all, they crack up, they laugh. They think that that is how black people behave typically. And they look at black, the, the black situation, the black woman, the black man, and they see the demonic character <laughs> that he depicts in his movies. And there are people who love Tyler Perry. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to step on toes. If you love him, that's great. We, we can agree to disagree. I'm proud of his success, but I don't like that it comes at the cost of how black men and black women can be seen by uh, other races. Forgive me if, if, uh, if, if I have offended you by feeling that way. Coogler with Black Panther avoided that entire situation where the, the bad guy, the antagonist of the movie was sympathetic but somebody that you can listen to what his reasoning for the wrong that he was doing and while you don't condone it you definitely understand it and that is one of the things that i enjoyed the most about this movie they didn't paint him with the with the mustache and he's twirling his mustache so you know that he's the bad guy you learn that he's the bad guy and you learn why by by listening to the flow of the movie flow of the movie and by seeing the events on the screen it was not just exposition 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 twirl your mustache he's the bad guy and you know it wasn't that and it was hard to see him uh, perish at the end of the movie it was hard to see him die even though technically we didn't see him die <laughs> but or we didn't see him he he had the power of the black panther in him so we don't know if he's dead. But anyway, neither here nor there. 
it's just that the rumor of black panther 2 is that he might be included in the cast so never know we'll see so but it was hard to see him perish because i could totally uh, understand where he was coming from and had he had an opportunity to be in the homeland with this side of his family he might not have felt that way of course he wouldn't have felt that way because he wouldn't have been in oakland at all and saw how black people were treated in his coming of age which i believe it was the 90s and uh, honestly there there is nothing untrue meaning your, your black neighborhoods for instance i grew up in gary indiana and the neighborhood that i lived in from the time i was three years old until adulthood was a middle class family neighborhood where there was most of the homes had a uh father and mother and you know sisters and brothers and everybody lived together and you we all played outside together and we grew up together we walked to school together a regular neighborhood as the the years the calendars turned late 80s early 90s you start seeing changes to these neighborhoods these are the neighborhoods that we grew up in and suddenly you're starting to see drugs and drug addicts and uh, crime serious crime theft murders things that we kind of took for granted that didn't really happen in the area that we lived in not saying that we were you know we uh we didn't have any violence we had our share well we had alton coleman the uh serial killer out during that time you know when as i was growing up so we know we knew what it was to be afraid but we knew to be afraid of a person alton coleman or a stranger or you know that type of thing but then it got to the point where as my teenage years are uh progressing you're not just scared of strangers and alton coleman's and those kind of boogeymen your next door neighbor would be the one robbing you and i mean that's legit like my next door neighbor legitimately was breaking into at that time my boyfriend's car he turned you know eventually he was my husband but at that time he was my boyfriend and i i had his car and he was at work so it was about time for me to pick him up from work and i'm going out to the car and i'm pulling on the door to get in but somebody is on the inside pulling the other way so now once i really realized what was happening i tried to turn and run this individual gets out the car holds something to my head tells me don't move don't turn around or i'll kill you now i'm not moving i'm not turning around because i don't care what kind of training i was i was uh, in the reserves at the time i don't care what kind of training i've got as far as i know this cat's got a weapon okay so i didn't turn i didn't move but then i let that voice register in my mind and it was my next door neighbor and when i say not just a next door neighbor who's been my neighbor for six months and you know i don't really know him when i moved to that block when i was three years old my family moved there that family was living in the house next door i grew up from the time i was three years old to being at this time 19 years old i grew up with this guy 
this is who's robbing me and threatening to kill me. Now, I could go into what I did after that. Uh, you know, I, I might have done something wrong, too. I didn't kill him. <laughs> if that's what you thought. Shocking. You guys thought I killed him. I didn't kill him. But uh, I did go and get my own piece, my own gun. Because I'm like, if we're going to be shooting, we might as well both be shooting, you know. <laughs> but then, you know, you get to thinking about it. And I can't, I couldn't reconcile even thinking, even considering, would I be able to pull the trigger on a person that I grew up with my entire life, even though I know that he just threatened my life? Crazy, isn't it? That's what was going on in the 90s in in uh, what term, what was first black neighborhoods that were just normal middle class, middle income neighborhoods turning into just crack infested, drug infested places. How does that happen? When when you look at Black Panther at the beginning, when he's saying that these guns and these drugs were being put in these neighborhoods, the truth of the matter is uh, there were there is proof that some neighborhoods were being uh, exploited by by law enforcement. They were placing they were placing the drugs and 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 weapons in the neighborhoods can't say that that's what was happening in gary indiana but i bet that's what was happening in gary indiana <laughs> i mean i don't i can't i can't really put it no other way um so yeah so now you have a bunch of people who who are remembering the way it used to be when gary indiana is a predominantly black city and uh we're living just regular middle class lives. We didn't even I don't wasn't even caring whether it was black or white. In fact, I went to a church that was in a neighboring city called Lake Station, and that church was attended primarily by Caucasian people. So we went to church with Caucasian people, and when we came home, we uh, we we lived amongst black people, and meant nothing to me until these things started happening. Then I start realizing there is a difference between. Uh, Lake Station and and Gary, Indiana. Those people are looked at a little bit differently. I now to walk up and down the street of Gary, Indiana, I, I have to be afraid. And this is me in my teens. I had to I had to have some fear. As a matter of fact, I wasn't doing no fucking walking. <laughs> it wasn't no more walking. You know, if I couldn't get a ride there, I wasn't going because things had gotten bad. Got to the point where Gary was the murder capital of the United States of America. This little town. I mean, at this stage of the game, Gary probably had a little over 100,000 people, but you are the, we were the murder capital of the United States of America. Per capita, people was getting killed in huge numbers. Huge, huge numbers. This is what we lived in. This is, this was reality. And yeah, I could have left, I could have moved, I could have did this, I could have did that, could have, would have, should have. There are some people who are still in Gary saying, oh, this is my city, I got to stay here. Everybody else ran. I'm going to stay here. This is my city. That city is trying to kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That city is trying to kill you. It's only been a couple of years since I've even left. But the bottom line, that's a mentality that oppresses you. It sits on your shoulders and you carry it like a weight. And some people will say, oh, no, it's not that bad. 
leave there. And when you leave there, tell me the difference in the way you feel after you've gone and been gone for a little while. That that uh, that weight is off of you. I still love Gary, Indiana. You know, and you can remember, you know that Michael Jackson came from Gary, Indiana, and that's problematic. Uh, but <laughs> there's a lot of famous people who came from Gary, Indiana. And uh, I'm from Gary, Indiana, and I'm a good person. And I know a ton of good people who live in Gary, Indiana, but they don't realize that they carry in that weight. They carry it. That, that goes with you everywhere you go. So I can understand how I can understand how uh, Killmonger felt. He felt like you mean to tell me y'all living like this over here and we were living like that in the States and y'all have all of this. And it's people that look just like you struggling in the United States, walking around wondering when they're going to catch a bullet. Walking around wondering when they're going to catch a fake case, when the police are going to pull them all over for something that they didn't do, accidentally kill them and sprinkle some crack on them to make it look like it was a, a, a crack case. You know, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And the shit just ain't stopped, you know. So that was me, my childhood that I'm talking about. So if we keep moving up. Now, you know, we can move to 90, 1994 when I had my, my one and only child and then to watch him grow up and see that city eating at him because he's a different kind of kid. I don't raise him to be a thug or a gangster or to be fighting all the time or to be threatening people. So he's just a normal kid. But you're growing up around people that are doing these things. They're gangsters, they're thugs, they're drug dealers, they're violence, they're you, it's hard to be a normal kid in that. And, and that's another thing. That's part of the weight. Because you're sitting there thinking to yourself, oh, my God. Every time the phone rings and your kid ain't at the house, you're thinking it's some bullshit. It's not, oh, he's going to be late. That's not the thought that comes through your mind. The thought that comes through your mind is he's not coming home at all. You mean to tell me y'all over here living all the regal life in Wakanda and we over here going through this so that I can understand what Killmonger felt you know and to raise him up my son is now 24 going to be 25 this year I still I'm still very concerned every time he drives off my son is six foot four six foot five real tall guy real dark guy got dreadlocks he's a big guy you know some people might think that's imposing if you feel threatened by him, by his stature, and call the police, incident with the police could end my son's life. You know, he, he could not walk away from a misunderstanding when, because you got nervous because you saw somebody of his size and his stature. And they only have his size and his stature and what you gave him, what information you gave him to judge him by. And they, they fucking kill my baby. You know what I mean? Things have not changed a whole hell of a lot. A lot of things are the same. The perpetrators against us is something different, but a lot of things are the same. But then another thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you all have noticed it too, is that there are a lot of people, uh, especially Caucasian people, who now want to know exactly, you know, Want to know exactly the experience, knowing that they'll never understand the experience. 
They want to know what we are going through. They want to hear our voices. We're going to sit down and have a civil conversation. What would your thoughts be, especially when you're thinking of raising two, two males? For me, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like they could never understand because they've never experienced it. Their kids never experienced it and probably never will experience it. So it will never really touch home for, me, for them. For those people who are interested in affecting change, and I'm all for that. And then you have those people who believe that this is all made up. There is no such thing as white privilege. There is no such thing as uh, they what they feel like is they have a superiority complex uh, where they feel like everything is should be has been catered to them and should continue to be catered to them. But they don't see that that's that's the mindset, right? So yeah, I get what you're saying that they may never understand and why waste your breath? <laughs> and then right, and then to me. I feel like let's talk to the ones who who are trying to who are trying to understand even though they will never fully get the full experience. All right, you want to hear? You want to see because you, you can use your white right, but privilege. You have to see. Like I could sit here and tell you all day like this yeah. is happening. But like I'm saying, somebody could tell you something extreme and you'll be like, oh my God, you can't be serious. Right. But until you see it, it's not going to really affect you. It's not going right. to hit you like right. to where you want to, I guess, change it. And I don't even know what it's like now. Like my son is 24, 20, be 25 this year or something. It's been a long time since I had a little kid in school, all of this. I do know that I, when I was in school and I opened up a history book or whatever, Exactly. There were a lot of everything that I learned lie. was a lie. Still, it's still. I, it may even be worse now. It's, it's worse now. You feel? Worse. It's yes. crazy, and they don't. But they don't see it that way. And I'm like, you know, even from the beginning. So that right there will fuck a kid's life exactly. up. <laughs> oh my God, no, you are not lying at all. So when I when I got to the age where I could start digging into this stuff myself, right. I couldn't believe the shit that I was reading. I thought. That like, was the lie. Told, every invention ever created, a white man did it. <laughs> right. Let the school tell us, let right. the books tell us. And that's what they still teaching our kids. I mean, and it took for us to become adults and to really dig deep into our own history. To right. See that black people then. We, 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 like we kind of made the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to beat up on 100% of white people. Mm-hmm. It's not that type of show. However, you hear on the show you listen in every week so this is the truth this is what we experience if you don't want to believe this then you know turn your turn your podcast off turn the podcast off yeah. unsubscribe to me because this is reality and i know this is all supposed to be about comic books and all of this shit but also these are things that are supposed to bring people together and here lately we've been seeing it just ripping people apart and comic books are just like they say with cartoons and games and all that. It still influences people, especially children. And that's who's looking at these comic books where y'all making the white man look superior to right. everyone else, not even just black people. So and unfortunately, that's what they're still in our The children. innocence and, and of a child, children. yeah. Children are looking at this shit through innocent eyes. Mm-hmm. Then you have these grown ass men who mad because they made a woman superhero and that she she said something about uh, when a person of color goes to a movie that was they are the intended audience so 
A Wrinkle in Time is the movie she was talking about. Okay. So that movie was intended for a biracial or minority audience. It flopped, but she says, you know, I don't want to hear from a white man, a 40-year-old white man, why it flopped. I want to talk to somebody who was the intended audience. They took that shit and ran with it. Just like sit here and trying to say that this woman said that she hates white people. This is a black. This is a white woman. <laughs> She's just saying I want to hear the opinion I of want the people a, who it was for. A like diverse it wasn't for you, group of people. So of course you're not gonna agree with it. You're not gonna understand it. It's not. Okay, so this is the first time you've heard of this controversy. Yes, I never. That, so you understand it, and I've explained it to you in like the like the the thirty second quick and right. dirty version of it. These are people, this has shit been going on for a whole month, and they still haven't wrapped their mind around, this is what this woman was saying the whole time. Wow. They didn't hack into Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God. <laughs> this is where the ignorance come in. Y'all just take it and run with it, and, and you don't even know what you're talking about. You're wrong. The, and like, the, we, you can hear over and over what the lady said, and they just keep hearing what they want to hear, and what they want to hear is negative. Exactly. So. And that's the problem. The they have a fear just like and I hate that see and that's the problem Ugh, I don't like that either because it's like anytime a white person stand up for black people then they racist against their own people yes but why is it that I can't just love all people right like, I don't, it's not that I hate my own people I just care I, for everybody I care for everybody bad because I take up for, oh I've met God. a lot of people who are like you know tell me your story or I want to hear your point of view or and and sometimes it, it it's like a scary feeling it's like sometimes it's like I'm not supposed to tell you guys this because nine times out of 10, you ain't going to believe me anyway. It's going to sound so crazy, so wild that you're going to be thinking this is outlandish. And then sometimes I'm like, it just feels good to get it off my chest. (laughs) And so I tell, I spill my guts and tell it all, you know? (sighs) So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I feel good. It feels good getting it off your chest. But um, back to what I was saying about uh, Wakanda. You know, just to think. No matter what we do, how we are struggling, uh, what type of struggle we might have had over here. It's good to know that there's some place where people don't look at you like they're waiting on you to do something wrong or offensive or something that they consider uh black it feels good to know that there is a place where everybody is they don't judge you by your color of your skin because everybody is the same color i don't wish no bad luck on nobody i don't wish a person uh would get back what their ancestors gave. I don't, you know, that's, that's not, that's the, that is not uh, solving anything. You can't change that, you know? And yeah, you can't change that. But it is good to know that there are places out there where the people that look like you are, are living all right. Okay. Give me a moment. So yeah, Marvel spent a huge amount of money, huge amount of money on advertising. They wanted the movie to feel like a cultural event. If they only knew, they had no clue. 
<laughs> I don't know, you know, a lot of my listeners, I don't know where you're from, what part of the world you're from, but think about this, okay? You go into the movies to see Black Panther and uh, p- people who look like characters out of a movie themselves come in and there are people throwing down roses and the women are coming in in African attire, African garb with the head wraps, the, the furs, the, the uh, kente cloth, all of this for a movie this is this is how we did it now you see a person like that multiply it by about a hundred that's how deep black people got into this situation it definitely definitely was a cultural event head wraps the the big ball skirts the everything men the men were involved the men were wearing kente cloth and african attire the women just everybody showed up and showed out going into the movies watched this movie and saw a masterpiece befitting the way this audience was dressed now so this happened at this theater multiply the theater by 100 or 200 or 300 across the the country everybody was wearing african attire to these movies it was an event it was an event, just something to behold. So now you think about this because everybody ain't just got an African attire hanging up in their closet. Black people bought tickets to this movie along with all of our counterparts. You know, we weren't the only people who went to the movies, but I'm telling you, when I say people were going to this movie and didn't even know what the hell this movie was about. They were going to this movie and didn't know what the hell this movie is about. (laughs) They just knew that it was an event. They put on their best and they went to the movies. Some people bought outfits. It was, there's a couple of uh, online shops that sell African attire that I kind of shop on. And they're like selling out. They're like, this is, this is so great for business. They were selling out of, of designs because people were ordering in mass just to make sure that they had something to wear to this opening in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. A ban on movie theaters was lifted in December 2017. So the first public film screening in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia was Black Panther on April 18th, 2018. It screened for five days with a mixed gender audience. And that's also very important because unrelated men and women were previously banned from co-mingling. So after that five-day run of Black Panther, Infinity War premiered. But think about, think about the, the attachment, the excitement, the giddiness. Think about what this movie meant to those people in Saudi Arabia. It meant an awful lot. It meant... This is the first time in some people's life that they were able to mingle with a person of the opposite sex who was not related to them in a public place. This is probably the first time in a lot of their lives that they were even able to see a movie screened. Things that we take for granted. So while I'm uh, sitting here sobbing about the black experience, the black African-American experience is what I should say, because 
the black experience is, is, is probably fucking great. It's this African-American <laughs> where things get a little rough sometimes. But while I'm sitting here uh, literally crying, <laughs> there are these people who, who couldn't even do something as basic and as simple as go to a movie. The ban was from the government. And I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure I think that government there will do some shit to you. Hey, you locked up forever for disobeying them. It's not the same as, you know, some people here in the States get, get slapped on the wrist for doing messed up stuff. I think it gets real over in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so think about the significance to them that they will always attach to this movie. So I don't even have to talk about the movie. You guys seen the movie six million times as have I. But I don't know. Maybe you haven't. I went to the movie several times in the movie to see this. Like I, I, I went to the theater several times to see this movie. So um, I, I know that it meant uh, an awful lot to me once the people who went to the movies who had no clue why they was going to this movie they just know that the movie was named black panther and they felt like they should be there once they figured out what it was about they went back everything return visits uh everybody running back and forth to this movie it felt like you're getting away going to wakanda for a couple of hours every time we went it was just an amazing amazing experience marvel feels like they gambled but i'm telling you what they did was just what logically made sense you put the right pieces in place you have something done by people who will be respectful of this character and what this character could possibly mean to young people old people like me uh people in general cultural significance even just showing the the attire on the screen each one of those tribes of Wakanda was based on a tribe that is really in Africa. And a lot of the way that these costumes were designed took elements from these tribes and these people and their stories of why they did certain things. And there's tradition in those clothes. There's tradition in the, the way that they wear their hair the accessories and i know you you know some people look at this like whoa there's some strange accessories each one of those things each one of those accessories each one of those rings uh each one of those blankets that uh the wakandan soldiers use each one of those things had significance to a distinct tribe in africa or a, a combination of several distinct tribes and um those costumes also took inspiration from other places like ninjas like uh influences in that clo in those clothing not just the african influence so i'm pretty sure somebody who who studies real ninjas would be able to say oh they, they're doing this this is where they got that it was so much love so much care so much respect put into each element each element of, of the costuming and the set design and all of that to the point where you know it, it doesn't get much better than that it doesn't get much better than that at the movies so this is Quintel and what the movie Black Panther meant to me was uh, uh, I guess a statement for Black Panther was an uh, 
very popular superhero before then, but when we've seen him in Civil War, we've seen what he can do a little bit, but then when it took when he went to the movie, the actual movie, it um, helped touched on um, his culture and his people before him and this tradition. It's a great tradition movie. So we talk talked a lot on tradition and even though it, it really focused in on tradition and the ways of our ancestors and it was a really nice movie in that regard somewhat. So uh, I've shared with you some of, of the, the African American experience. I tell you that I can definitely relate to Killmonger and the why behind why he felt like he needed to do what he was doing, even though it, I don't condone it. Like I said earlier, don't condone it. I don't feel like we need to go to war, you know, against uh, against any people sending vibranium weapons to uh, uh, countries that are being that are being oppressed. I, I think that would make that just makes more bullies, you know. So if I think it's just time, you know, to fight fire with fire, but don't go fighting, don't go starting no fight. <laughs> That's the way I feel. We don't have to we don't have to start no fight. But if you bring it to me, I'm gonna give it to you. I understand partially. I I, I guess I understand Killmonger, but you know, if I have to choose, I'm choosing T'Challa because. At the end, he's doing just what I said. If you if you bring it to me, I'm gonna give it to you. That's what happened when Thanos and them brought their asses to Wakanda. You know, when they got to Wakanda and they bringing it to him, he like, well, shit. Now I gotta give it to you. <laughs> and even though you know that didn't turn out very well, we got a couple of weeks before we talk about that one. Even though that didn't turn out the way that we anticipated or we planned it, you see that they were prepared to protect that homeland what's his name everett ross so everett ross the the agent i think it was a cia agent he was cia okay so though really basically the uh the white co-star because claw after he was gone or he was gone he was dead <laughs> so after he was dead you had everett ross and that is the type of person that i'm talking about uh that i have in my corner a lot of times is a sympathetic person now you know they they know some fucked up stuff that happened <laughs> they know it they know some fucked up things and mistreatment is still happening they acknowledge it they know it they want to know what they can do how can i help and they are so geeked up when they help you know so i love having a person like that beside me you know don't come in and try to kind of white splain shit in a black situation that's it that it works when you white splain in a white situation <laughs> because if i go someplace with you and we are around a whole lot of white people and then something happens that goes down and i'm being accused white splain you go ahead you white splain i'm gonna take a back seat to this one because you these this is usually they speak in your language in a in a room full of black people don't don't, don't do not do yourself a favor and do me a favor because they'll be like tasha what's up with your white friend <laughs> you know 
Don't go white splaining. Just take a back seat. Let let the professionals handle this because we know how to communicate with other black people, especially urban, inner city. Maybe not the upper echelon. You might be able to crack an up, upper echelon black better than I would, but then I don't know. I, I kind of like my chances with that too. I'll take the over under on me with even the upper echelon blacks. But what I'm saying is, you know, we need you guys. We need you. We need allies because there are people who do not believe that this shit happens. We need y'all. We need y'all because because the shit don't be sounding real. It sounds like some Jordan Peele type shit that be happening around us. But I'm telling you, these things do. They do really happen. Um, let me get back to this movie. Because really all, I'm, all I want to do is wrap it up. All I want to do is say on my regular five point scale, I'm giving this movie a five. Fuck the world. I know that the CGI in the last fight was boo boo. <laughs> I acknowledge that it was garbage. That was actually some of the worst CGI I have seen in the MCU period. Period. It was horrible. But I'm still giving this bitch a five. It's like, and, and then, and, and if you say something about affirmative action or anything else, I swear to God, I'm gonna choke the shit out of you. <laughs> no, I'm giving this movie a five because of all the other things. I ain't never felt like this at a movie. I, I almost wish I had some little grandbabies to just sit on my lap and be like, look at this shit. <laughs> all these black ass people, everybody getting along. The, the, Daddy, his when he went to the ancestral plane and he's like, you know, it's hard for a good man to be a good king. And he told him to surround himself with people he trusts. And he brought his ass back to Wakanda and surrounded himself with nothing but black women. That's that means something. That's deep. That's deep. The relationship that they had with black men and black women, they revered black women. They treated them as equals. How do you worship somebody and be equal to them at the same damn time? It's crazy. Ryan Coogler is a genius. The cast was freaking awesome. To include Ulysses Craw Claw and Everett Ross. Awesome. Everybody did what the fuck they were supposed to do. Everybody played the role the way they were supposed to play it. Everybody got along end of the movie was like you know we're gonna go ahead on and open these borders and they go back to Oakland and you can see the come up there will be a come up if that was to happen in Gary Indiana right now if somebody would take that type of interest in that city because of what went down in that city it was a fucking war zone in the 90s people were getting killed left and right uh my brother-in-law lost so many friends my brother-in-law got shot my lots and lots of stuff happened in the 90s oh man it's just to see what what could be that's why i meant to buy that lottery ticket i need to buy a lottery ticket because i'm telling you if i win i'm about to rescue that city i might i ain't i'm not about to give no money to no government officials because they robbing that city blind uh, Trump used the city and abused it if you're not 100% sure what I'm talking about look that up when you're looking up Juneteenth look up look up Trump in Gary Indiana and I used to work 
for one the casino that he owned in Gary, Indiana. I'm giving you a little hint at what this whole thing is about. So I know a little bit of something about that too. You know, if you want to send me an email after snap gmail.com, after the snap at gmail.com, I will definitely, you know, let you know my experience with that. The 90s was a bitch. It was a bitch. Came out alive though. So a five out of five for Black Panther. You you don't have to agree. <laughs> um, our next movie is going to be Thor Ragnarok. Which is another one that I love. We're going to do that on Friday. And then I'm going to say. I think I'm burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Because. Uh, I got the whole YouTube thing going. And. I'm starting to get requests for videos. Not a lot. But when I get a request. I feel obligated. To put that video out. So now I'm two videos behind on what I'm supposed to be covering. I'm staying a day behind on my podcast. I'm starting to pull my hair out because work. So once we get on the other side of this MCU watch party, I'm thinking that I'm going to go down to one day a week. Don't hold me to that just yet. I might feel different once we get through with this whole thing and take a breather. But, uh, and I'm going to take a, a week off uh, sometime before Endgame. I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to announce a date for the episode with Ada Geeks, James and Eddie, and their crew. I'm going to announce a date for that. And I guess just, like I said, burning the candle. I'm trying to do too much. And I'm starting to get gray hair. <laughs> well, I had gray hair already, but I'm starting to get more. But you guys are my first love here. So I'm going to look out for you. But I think I'm going to just take down everything. Every damn thing is going down to one, once a week after the, the watch party is over. We'll see. That just means you probably get more bonus episodes where I just feel good and record. But I'm um, okay. And, and France. France, I see you. So if you're listening this week again welcome to the show welcome to the party that was my only new uh country this week that i saw so you can check me out on youtube and uh and after the snap the same thing after the snap um been a lot of conversation on youtube about captain marvel i did a couple videos about captain marvel and uh i would like to know what you think so head over there and tell me what you think i'm gonna put all of my social medias in the show notes take a look there to see exactly uh exactly where you can catch up with me you, you might catch me and the thing is there the scale is starting to tip far more towards twitter it used to be uh, facebook was my baby and i still love facebook but twitter is my jam now twitter is my jam <laughs> um i don't think i've got too much more oh real quick tidbit shazam lifted the social media embargo off of uh, people who have seen the movie already so they're 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 critics who have seen the movie social media embargo embargo has been lifted and the reviews are awesome like they're not giving us any spoilers or they're saying that this is going to be a great time that you need to get your ass off your ass and go see shazam in april before endgame after Captain Marvel. It's in a sweet spot. We ain't doing shit no way. We got what? 
Now I'm in Hellboy. Then we ain't doing shit after that for a little while till Avengers Endgame. So let's go see Shazam about five, six, seven times before we go see Endgame about 10, 12, 15 times. You know, share the wealth. <laughs> anyway, that is the only other thing I think I had for you. I wanted to. Oh, no, it's not. Also, other DC news. Did y'all hear that Idris Elva is going to be dead shot? in a Suicide Squad Idris motherfucking Elba you know James Gunn you the man I don't know you you the man and we got us coming real soon it's just so much happening and you know what y'all sat here this week and you listened to me talk more about my coming of age than about the movie or the MCU so we need to jump back into some DC and marvel content and thor ragnarok is coming this friday but i think we need to half that down so that i have a little time to talk about uh some some of this shit that's going on in dc because dc is like oh uh, don't forget about us we coming for your ass too <laughs> so since i got nothing else for you guys this week i thank you thank you thank you for coming back and hanging out with me and i will catch you on the flip